Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email Tom at TomTooTall.com for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and creator of the Journeys to Success Napoleon Hill Inspired Stories book series. You can find out more about me and this uh, uh, interview at the radio show website, which is pretty easy, journeytosuccessradio.com. My guest today is the amazing Mark Jackson II, financial mentor, real estate expert, and motivational speaker. Mark Jackson II is cut from all cloths of success. Mark has always had an aggressive passion for business and financial literacy. A New Orleans native, Mark was exposed to his first taste of the real estate business when he began appraising housing projects at the age of 15. (laughs) Wow. Later during his school year, he transcended to student body president and recipient, ooh, cool, of the Young Entrepreneur Award. After his time as a highly decorated airman in the United States Air Force, winning awards such as Airman of the Year, Jackson went on to work with the U.S. Department of Defense. He later furthered his work experience when he became head of aircraft structure maintenance. Now located in Atlanta, uh, Jackson currently owns MNC Real Estate, LLC, Rise Right Now, LLC, and Sweeney and Sons Consulting, LLC. That's a lot of LLCs. To date, he has structured over $3.5 million in real estate and business transactions. He's been a keynote speaker at the University of Louisville, Oklahoma City of Ch- uh, Chamber of Commerce, and another and a number of other cool space, uh, spots. As a proud father, Mark loves volunteering as head coach for both of his son's basketball teams, teaching over 100 young people the fundamentals of sportsmanship, sportsmanship and practice for seven years, and he has no plans of stepping down anytime soon. Welcome to the show today, Mark. Oh, Tom, thank you for having me on. Uh, thank you for everyone for tuning in. Um, it's a pleasure, it's an honor to be uh, invited into the Journeys to Success uh, world and be able to be here to uh, speak to you, you know. Wow, you are young and yet you've accomplished so much. The United States Air Force, real estate investing, consulting. Uh, it's amazing how you've been able to do so much so soon. And I guess that's why Brad Zollis chose you to be in the upcoming Journeys to Success Volume Five, all about millennials. So let's talk about what uh, what made you decide to go into business for yourself after the Air Force. Well, Tom, um, <laughs> it's funny. You know, we think that there's this uh, you know American dream that we can achieve, and I mean, there very much is, but it, it's not the one that was just fed to us. Um, I was, you know, the safe, secure right. job road is where I was, and I was in the Air Force. I thought I was. Um, you know, right where I needed to be. I was making good money, but I still wasn't ahead. I still couldn't figure out how to become wealthy. You know, this is around the time I was even introduced to Napoleon Hill. But, you know, this that's what made me get into business was realizing that the American dream that I was trying right. to achieve, you know, the 
the safe, secure job with the retirement and stuff. It wasn't, it wasn't there. And so I had to find the, the other way, um, the, the way I could try and become financially free since I had actually reached, you know, what I thought to be the, the peak of the dream. Right. Right. And I love that. Uh, uh, as you said, well, United States Air Force, you never see any layoffs there. And most people looking on would say, wow, that's a prestigious, honorable, probably well enough paying job. But in the end, although it's prestigious and honorable, it's still a job. And most people cannot retire or become financially independent from a job. So that was amazing that you were able to realize that early on in your life rather than get 20 or 30 years in and and realize, hey, this is not going to allow me to uh, retire financially independent or even have a great revenue stream over and above my uh, salary. And it won't really allow you to the time to spend with your kids, which is probably a a big uh, goal of yours and something you really want to do. And so amazing that you made that a discovery so early on in your life. Now you talk about Napoleon Hill, and I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor. So uh, I got to ask you Napoleon Hill questions. So the number one <laughs> one I ask most people is, uh, what age were you when you first came across Think and Grow Rich? And was there uh, someone in your life, uh, someone special that said, hey, you got to read this book? Actually, my relationship with Napoleon Hill actually came um, in, at, at at random, I want to say I was I was in my twenties, which is shocking. You know, that's <laughs> to me that kind of book is something that you should that think and go rich, or the number of books that he has should be introduced to you at a young age. But in some communities, um, those books are, are not readily available. You know, that kind of knowledge is not readily right. available. So in my journey through my life, you know, in my experiences, um, I wasn't led to Napoleon Hill until I was really down on my on my luck. Um, I, I had actually you know, had kids, had been married, you know, I was in the military, I was doing really well. And like I said in the beginning, you know, I just kind of hit a, a place where financially I wasn't where I needed to be. I mean, I was flat broke, you know, and it was because of no, nothing that I did irresponsible. I think that's what really perplexes a lot of people in their life. It's like, I'm not, a girl, right. I'm not you know, I'm not, I'm not overspending. Right, I, right. I'm, doing what I'm, I'm not wasting doing. money. I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah. I'm not a drug addict. Where's my money going? And, I, and I'm a hard worker, right? And, I, I'm a hard, and I'm a hard worker and I got my education. So now where is the money? <laughs> you know, they like, I see the American <laughs> dream on TV. I see them hopping in the van, the dog's in the backseat. We drive to the soccer game. They look so happy. We do all that stuff, but I still don't see the money. <laughs> you know, and that kind of uh, gear shift was where I read and saw Think and Grow Rich. I'm like, you know, I need to get rich. You know, like, right. that's, that must be I can think. for me, right? So diving into it actually changes your perspective from, okay, I'm going to learn this scheme uh, right quick that's going to make this money to, a you know, a paradigm shift about how you live your life, a, a mind frame shift that, you know, the things that are going wrong aren't what's wrong. How I'm approaching, how I'm looking at the things that are going on is wrong and how I'm looking at myself versus the things that are going on is wrong. I think that I'm, you know, this weak, little frail thing that has to just be at the mercy of all the stuff that's going on. So I complain as opposed to what you learn uh, in the book, which is I can become somebody who can deal with these things, overcome these things. And that was a really big shift for me. Right, right. And that all, so much of the book, isn't it, is about the 60 
thousand thoughts that we experience every day. And until you deliberately start recognizing your thoughts and pre-choosing them to be positive and motivational, usually uh, the negative gets in, the news, the friends, uh, all the other negative news networks. And so isn't it fascinating to learn that, hey, I can control my mind. I can do whatever I want. As Napoleon Hill says, with the mind a man can conceive and believe, got to be believing in there, he can achieve. And so isn't that important for you to, to realize that? Yes. I, I mean, it was tremendous. I mean, and again, just the way the book changes your mind or his teachings in general, change your mind from, you know, one of victimhood to being empowered. That that shift alone is in opposition to what, you know, we learn on a daily basis, you know, do this, buy this, go here. You need this because you're not uh, good enough. You know, it's kind of like the right. of a lot of the, a lot of the marketing, you know, he, he teaches you differently. He teaches you. It's not what you are. It's what you can become. It's not what you've been through. It's what you're going to do. You know, and that, and that that really changed uh, my outlook when I was uh, when I was down. Right now, I love real estate. So let's talk about uh, your book and uh, your business, uh, the real estate success formula. Um, I love real estate investing. I've heard all kinds of creative ways of doing real estate investment. Talk about your system or your formula and how you got into real estate, because real estate is an amazing way to become financially independent, cash flow wise and net worth wise, isn't it? It is it, most definitely. Um, you know, just for everyone out there that might not you know be completely familiar, but you know, um, cash flow is when money's just coming from your houses and rent, or you know, the equity wise when you sell a house and you you know get the the money on top of what you pay for it, right? When you pay back all that's owed. You know, that, those two main strategies, the two ways that, you know, money is made in, in real estate. The, the key, though, is, you know, for me, when I, when I got into the business was <clears throat> I had um, some, some misunderstanding or some, you know, or some self-limiting beliefs, which was one that I needed okay. a, a real estate license. Most people think when they're selling houses or doing anything real estate related, you need a license. You know, that's not true if you're selling your property or if you own a rental or if you keep right. investing and you get property in your name, you don't need a license to sell it. But that um, is, is a limiting belief for most people because they say, okay, I could do real estate, ah, but I don't want to get a license. So they, you know, take themselves out of being able to do real estate deals or investing in real estate simply because they don't want to get a license. And they don't know that they could do it without right. it. That's number one. You know, when I learned that, I was like, oh, well, this might be an option, you know. And then on top of that, when I found out that I didn't need to use all of my own money, uh, when I was able to partner right. with other people, when I was able to get houses under contract before I paid for them and have them sold to another person or somebody ready to pick it up off my hand as soon as I bought it, you know, those kind of things helped me to see that I was able to do real estate or invest in real estate without necessarily getting together all these thousands of dollars. I could bring my knowledge to the table. And that was, you know, a, a piggyback off of Napoleon Hill, you know, teaching me that I could teach myself things. I, I taught myself how to be you know, uh, uh, the kind of person that can make money in property and then offer that service to other people, whether it was in a teaching capacity, hey, I'll teach you how to do it also, or less part, I'll do the real estate work, you provide the money, we split the profits, you know, either way it works. Either way it works. And uh, uh, I love what you're, uh, what you're talking about there. I just, I love real estate so much. And I found when I got into it in my early 20s, all my friends said, you can't buy real estate. You're too young. <laughs> you can't buy it with no money down. And then 
about three years later, once I had purchased about six properties, those same people came to me and asked, Tom, can you find a property <laughs> for me? And of yeah, course, then yeah. I would charge them to do it at that point and remind them that three years ago, you told me that I couldn't do it. Now you want to do it because I have done it. Well, did you, you have some of that as well? Did you have Did you have some of your friends or family say to you, like, you're not going to be able to do that? I mean, I think anybody who's on this call or has found their way to you can say that in any of this enlightened learning or when you learn something that's outside of the norm, when you try to go back and tell the people that were doing the norm with you and that you've discovered, you know, new ways of doing things, they, they may say, or they say that's not real. You know, you come back, you say, I just read Think and Grow Rich, and I learned about, you know, my imagination, and I learned about having a burning desire. Mm. They look at you like, oh, man, sit that crap down, whatever. You right, have right. positive thinking, right? It's the same thing with right. You know, you come around and you say, hey, man, look, I know that we think that there's only the projects. I know that we think that there's only uh, people who own their homes. But guess what? There's people that rent houses. There's Section 8. There's mortgages, deeds, trust. Yes, you can understand this. There's all these things that you can do as a citizen because it cannot be discriminated against you, but you don't know about it, so you can't participate. That was more so my message when I first came back. It wasn't so much, right. hey, yo, yo, let's do real estate. See, I'm a financial teacher in general, not just real estate, but real estate is my base model. But what I'm saying to answer your question about people with a little bit of kickback, I had, because I, you know, you asked me when I, when I found the book, I found it at like 20-something years old, so I had a profound appreciation for being ignorant up until that point that I retain with myself <laughs> even now, right? Being an adult, having a credit score, having a car, a house, all these things, and, and realizing one day, you know what? You really don't fully understand all those. That's why they're collapsing around you. Not because the government, not because of the rules, not because of the bank. Not, you don't understand what you're dealing with. And, as, right. and when, I, when I became educated about what I was dealing with, then I learned how I could use them, not just be aware. And so that's how real estate became, became something I was using to make money for, was not because... Um, it was it was because once I started to understand that, I said, well, here's the ins and outs of making the money in this business. And as I would tell my friends back then, yeah, they'd be like, oh, man, that's a lot of complicated stuff coming around nowadays. <laughs> Mark, man, can you can, can I come to one of your classes? Can I have one of your courses? Let's just do a deal together. Hey, man, you got some work for me on the house, painting stuff. And I'm going to be honest with you, though. It always is, is, is in my heart very fulfilling to be able to help anybody because – I realize they don't know what they don't know. You know what I mean? It's like meeting somebody right. who has not discovered they can grow rich yet. They might not be living to their full potential, but you can't really call them lazy or, or, or not on top of their game until maybe they've read the book and then decide to ignore the information. They may have never learned to pull all the things out right. of themselves that we have and we do on the journey to success, you know? And that's how I look at it right. when people are like, uh, can I have real estate help? Of course you can, because I know you probably don't know that you, that you need it. Right. I like what you said, that when you have the knowledge about investing and finances and your money and real estate, there's no discrimination. Once you have that knowledge, you can put it into practice without discrimination and earn as much money as anyone else. And so all it is is a matter of education, because once you know there's no way anyone can discriminate discriminate against you knowing and putting into practice what you know. And that's a powerful thing. I never even thought of it that way. But, hey, the uh, information is available to everyone. And when you learn it, you've learned it. 
and then you can, no matter who you are, you can go and put it well, I mean, that's uh, the, into practice. That, that's, the, that's the credit you got to give the government, right? At the end of the day, everything is available to everybody. You know, it's not discriminating. It might, it might not be available to you price-wise. It might not be available to you qualification-wise, but certain things are. You know, I might not be able to get into this university or that university because of my admission and my, you know, my grade. Mm-hmm. But it was available had I reached that level, right? So the government says it's not our responsibility to teach you how to be financially free, but no one can tell you you can't get a mortgage. No one can tell you where you can live anymore. No one, can, You know, mm-hmm. those kind of things. So it's kind of up to right. you. And that's why I think that's why your question says who introduced it to you, because most of us need that, that, that mentor, that person that says, hey, why don't you come this way, you know? Right. Right, and now you're that and you're that person now for uh, uh, many, many people. And doesn't real estate, hasn't it expanded your creativity beyond what you ever had before? Because I'm thinking, for instance, one time I bought a property and on the day of closing, I go to the lawyers and he's shaking his head and he said, Tom, I've never had anyone buy a property with none of their own money. And I'm writing a check to you, the purchaser on closing. He was totally confused. He said, I've never seen that happen before. <laughs> and then I'm thinking of another friend of mine, Shane Moran, when he used to buy real estate, he'd walk around and he'd put everything that wasn't nailed down in the offer. Uh, lawnmowers, snowblowers, sheds, uh, anything he could put in there. And if he put 20 things in there that it came included with, sure, they're going to strike out 15. But he said, in the end, I'm going to get a few lawnmowers. I'm going to get a few snowblowers. I'm going to get a few here, this and that. And so doesn't, isn't it exciting the, once you are creative, what you can do with real estate? Because as you said, you don't even need the money yourself. Once you get creative and find amazing deals. I used to have my agent know how I structured deals and he would just purchase it in trust, sign the offer himself so we could lock it up. And then as you said earlier, you could sell it before you even close. So talk about the amazing <laughs> creativity that, that comes with investing in real estate, how you have to wrap your head around all different kinds of creative scenarios to purchase real estate. Well, I mean, I think, I think the first thing that's really good is to be able to have a mentor, have a guide. I don't know who, you know, guided you or helped you, but I know for me, I read a little bit of books and material and, and you know, and stuff like that, but it was really having like that guided uh, mentorship because right. that's how you learn the creative way. Somebody says, watch this. You know, you sit down at the closing table with someone who's doing a deal and they show you, uh, look how I do this without um, putting up any money. And you, and you see that it's possible. You know, a lot of, things that we do in life are visual, you know, and I, and I, I had that, um, you know, imagination, like, could, could this work? Could that be possible as I was being shown? But once I saw it, it was tangible for me. And like you said, once you get into real estate, you start getting more creative. You say, wow, I can, I can do houses. Like you said, without any of my own money, any of my own credit, how is that possible? You know, I found partners. I had people who literally, once I explained to them what I had learned, could see the opportunity. They had the money, but didn't have any of the lead sources already. They didn't have the real estate agents. I had my team in place. I just needed somebody who was going to be able to fund the deal, you know, and they would, they would say, okay, I'm able to listen to what you're saying here. You're educated. You know what you're talking about. Put the deal into escrow at the title company, not essentially hand it over to me. They hand it over to the closing company. We go in, we do the deal. And like you said, (laughs) <laughs> my, the guy who's doing it knows that I came to the table with no money. I'm just trying to make it work because I want to do real estate so badly. 
the deal is actually a good deal, though. So it goes through. The keys go right. to the buyer. The cash comes to me. And the money that's supposed to go to the person I bought it from goes to them. I return the funds I borrowed plus a little interest that we negotiated. And I keep a profit. But I had all I had to do was find the house and find the money. Right? That's the creativity. You know, I, um, right. I heard a guy say one time, you know, just, just like just like Napoleon Hill, he, you know, he says in the beginning, you know, he says, write down the amount of money that you want to have. Like, he makes you do that. You know, how many people write down? How many people do that? How many people say, this is the right. amount of money I want to have. You know, this is the money I want to make, you know. And that kind of stuff, right. you know, causes you to think, how can I afford it? Not, you know, how I, I can't afford it. I don't have the money. You begin to, you know, develop ways of understanding that, you know, you have you know like abilities and powers and, and and things that you could do now that you couldn't do before you know opportunity is seen with the mind's eye not with the you know naked eye you could drive down the street all the time and people see houses that we see but they don't see the opportunity in them because they don't know what they could do with that opportunity it doesn't mean they couldn't if they don't they don't know that they can right right wow that's no, you got me smiling so wide I could eat a banana sideways. You're talking just about what I used to do. And you're right. I had a mentor, my real estate agent. He owned 72 doors. Doors, wow. he called them. A sixplex is like six doors. Yeah, and, flag, yeah. <laughs> and his uh, strategy was hold them forever. And just in the last five years, he sold them all free and clear. He has more money than he'll ever need. And he was my mentor. And so on some offers, he'd say, let's go in at this price. And I would shudder. I'd be like, oh, my God, they're not going to, they're never going <laughs> to take that. And then he would even put in offers that uh, the offer is conditional upon the purchasing agent being present at the time the offer is presented. Because a lot of even the 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 the, the buying agents, the agent for the vendor would say, oh, I, I'm not going to present that. Well, A, you have to legally. And B, <laughs> let me come let me come and present it to your vendors and explain it to them. And he was just gutsy enough to do that. And you know what? Some of those offers got accepted. And so you need that mentor who shows you how it can be done and doesn't let anyone push, push you around. And totally right. He was the one who would find deals for me, put them in trust, and then call me up, Tom, we got a deal. You got an investor for it? Or do you have a way of financing? And that's what we would do. And boy, you're really hitting the nail on the head here. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> so now you're a you're a millennial and you're about to be in Journeys to Success, the millennial edition. And yeah. uh, thanks to our friend Brad. Thanks to our friend Brad Zollis. I understand millennials a little bit better. Um, before I met him, I told him. Isn't he? Before I met him, I told him, like, I, I think I'm becoming a crotchety old man because these younger generation, I don't understand them. I, I can't, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. I don't always appreciate them. And so once I learned about millennials and the different upbringing than what, what I had and all the things that are different, I was like, oh, wow, yeah, I never even thought of that. So what about yourself as a millennial? What do you think the biggest challenge of the millennial generation is facing right now? Well, first, I want to I want to piggyback off what you said. Brad is just awesome. I witnessed uh, one of his, uh, you know, a few of his presentations and just, you know, the way that he breaks it down, the way that he connects both sides, you know, because in his presentations, if there's any millennials present, what will happen is they'll understand the older generation better, which actually, you know, blends it even more. You know, it's not just a, you know, this is how you understand millennials. Me, myself, being a millennial exposed to Brad, had a greater appreciation for, you know, the generations before me, 
you know? So it was, right. it, it, it's, it's dynamic the way that he presents the material. So, you know, when it comes to what I think that my generation of millennials face the most is that <clears throat> they don't know what to do. I mean, I, I hate to put right. it mainly, but it's, but it's the truth. They don't know what to do, right? So the generation before them stuck is sucking up all of the Social Security and all the benefits that you didn't have to think so far in the future to figure out when they were going to actually stop working or maybe collapse or the system not work because they were created, you know, way back when, you know, Social Security and retirement and pension, you know, 401K, all those things were created back, before, you know, years and years and years ago when they didn't really have to worry about, well, what happens? They just need to get them in place and get them started and get them to make a difference, you know? We're at a we're at an age and point where the dream that, like, we're like the, we're like the only generation that the dream that we were told when we were little vanished before we got to be it when we were big, yet we spent the years of <laughs> vanishing getting ready for it. Right. Does that make sense? Like, we're, in, we're kids in school, and we're learning, go to school, go to college, safe, secure job, because I, your parent, went to school, went to college, got out, paid off my loans, got a job, have a profession, right? right. They know that their degrees was 12000 and 17000 and $30,000 at the max. When now, you know, kids going in 54 grand, 60 grand, 80 grand, 90, you know, going in hundreds of thousands, the price of a home to have a degree to pay back, you know, over the course of their life. Right. Without, without, right. without wages that go with it. So what I'm saying is the biggest thing for us is we have to figure out, it's kind of what I teach right now. I teach people, you know, financial education, financial intelligence, what to do with the money that you're making, how to understand your credit, how to understand being low in debt, how to pay off student loans, things of that nature, so that your financial overall net worth, like you were saying before, net worth and uh, cash flow when it comes to real estate, your net worth as a person, like how much you own and money you have versus how many people you owe and credit cards you hold and stuff, I try to help people get positive net worth, which is an overall goal. And that's something that millennials are struggling with, are not even aware of. They don't understand about through as, as this life continues, you know, 40 more years, 40, 50 more years for us. We have to get to a point where we're going to be financially secure. We're literally watching, you know, people go back to work at Walmart, people saying my retirement's going away, people, you know, 2008, stock market and real estate market wiping out their savings and coming up on a very scary time in life. We have the ability to actually prepare for that, but we can't prepare the same way they tried to prepare because we saw what happened. We have to right. build our own uh, nest eggs, our own little pockets of wealth. It's not a competition. You can own 10 of your own little free and clear rental houses and have you a cash flowing income that protects you from being jobless built over time over the next 15 years. And if that's, you know, something that a millennial can focus on, you know, that you don't have to be an actor, you don't have to be a singer, you don't have to be an athlete, you don't have to be a corporate CEO. All you have to do is be financially intelligent about the money that you're making while you're paying off your debt. Mm-hmm. You will have some and you'll be financially secure. And then you can go wherever you want from there, right? If you actually want to be an artist, right. you want to be eccentric and stuff, get you a little net worth and you can actually create more stuff. You know what I'm saying? I love it. I love it. It's... Yeah. It's totally true. And if you teach them that young and they start practicing it young, A, it's going to eliminate a, a lot of stress in their life. B, it's going to give them options for a job. If you have a net worth and a, and a number of revenue streams, you don't have to take the first job that comes around. You can be choosy. You can pick your job because it's not your sole source of revenue. And you have enough net worth 
And so if you practice it young and, and you start building up that net worth a little bit, a little bit, no debt uh, and, re- and revenue streams, you have more options than any of your friends. And isn't that important? Well, if you don't mind me jumping in right quick, if you look at in this generation, things like Elance and Odesk, even more so, right? Or even uh, Wix, you know, websites that let you make your own, own, own business. Uh, right. Easy. You know, Facebook even allows you to have a little marketplace that do commerce. There's a lot of ways coming out. YouTube, you know, even though they just changed the rules on the ads or whatever, you know, th- there's a lot of ways for people who take the time to get talented at something to be able to make money. We're almost coming into an age, in my mind, where it's, where it's not only will you have to have whatever your job is or something, but everyone's going to have to have a barter or, or some kind of skill that is a moneymaker for right. you. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. You know, it's almost like the different right. kind of varieties of food. There's not just one restaurant. There's different kind of, you know. So if you're good at WordPress, if you're good at, you know, anything, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're good at, like I was telling my son the other day, he's excellent at basketball. He's nine years old. But instead of putting like this big thing on his head and saying you have to be in the NBA, it's the whole reason why you're working on this. I show him the guy that teaches him basketball um, in his little mini camp is making money. He's making $125 right. a head for 10 kids uh, three times because he does three times out the month. Right? That's, a, that's a source of income. Right. So right now, you might be practicing basketball. This might be fun for you. But also, don't worry. You're developing a skill that somebody could potentially pay you for because, look, this guy's doing it. Right? So that's what I'm saying. As millennials, if you could just figure out not so much what you want to do in life or be in life, because that's a big decision. But if you want to figure out how to be able to monetize and do what makes you feel free and makes you want to feel like um, you make money from something that you actually care about, develop a skill that you care about and then charge to use that skill for other people. They'll respect it and they'll gladly pay for your value. Right, exactly. And and do you think millennials think this or maybe it's just me or older people or I don't know but uh, I read several times that 80% of people uh, five years out of college or university are working in a totally different industry than what they studied for so that means 80% of all that tuition money and costs of living and all that are wasted working in a totally different field and I think there's enough available online to learn that I think young people almost don't even necessarily shouldn't even consider always a university or college education. If you are passionate about something and you could learn a lot about it online and make money from it, why would you spend four years of getting theoretical knowledge when you could start right away with something you're passionate about. Someone doesn't have to force you to study this or take four years to learn this because you're loving it anyway. And so I think if we're talking the way we're talking with revenue streams and net worth and and monetize your skills, uh, university and college doesn't become as important, which is important, as you said, because now Frank, you get out of a four-year program, you're a hundred grand in debt. You're going to be like fifty before you pay off your student loan and can even buy a house. Yeah, I mean, if you could find a way to get you some college, I think you should. But but I, I put it this way: I don't think you should pay the amount of money that you're having to pay for it. What I did was I went into the, I actually sacrificed. I went into the Air Force, and I was proud to serve my country. I mean, even you know, just respect, right. even though it's the next day, you know, respect the September 11th. You know, that was a really Crazy day. And I got into the Air Force during the Afghanistan and Iraq wars. That's when I served in 2005 all the way to 2010. And right. I, I did that 
predominantly, you know, to serve my country, but also because of the GI Bill, it allowed me to get college for free. You know, in my neighborhood, you know, without, when I couldn't, um, we couldn't just pay for college. I had to be, you know, respectful of my other siblings. I had little sisters, little brothers, you know. I couldn't expect my mom to just spend all her money on me for me to get an expensive college degree. So I went an alternative route to make sure I could be able to pay for it. But I don't feel like you need a degree to succeed unless you want to get that kind of detail right. for what it is that you love. I was talking to somebody the other day. The problem with college is that you're told, come do this, learn this, so you can get a job. That robs a person of their motivation. You see, when I went to school for business, it was actually because I had already worked in businesses, read Think and Grow Rich, and wanted to learn business itself and inside out, learn stocks, learn stock issuers, learn companies, you know, how to run businesses so that I could have my own business to make money. But all of my, just to your point, all of my education was how to be in a business. My degree is in business administration, mm-hmm. you know, even master's right. in business administration, you still learn how to work more efficiently inside someone's business. Almost at no point right. um, are you taught it as an entrepreneur, how to be on the outside. And I think that's what scares a lot of people. We say, <clears throat> again, like I said earlier, you don't know what you don't know. So you could tell people that learn a skill, make a business out of it. But that's the problem with most of the people right that happen right now. They go to college, they get a degree, but they don't know how to monetize it. I was telling my son this earlier this morning, even if you're a rocket scientist, you got to get a job from NASA. You know what I mean? You right. still have to have a job instead, you know, but business, once you learn business, then you can match whatever other skill it is that you want with that and learn how to make money. You know, even if you know how to knit, you still need somebody to show you how to market that online, get the website, get the PayPal set up if you want to, if you want to do a little course, record it. Those kind of things need to be set up from a business perspective, not just I know how to knit really good and people should pay me. But that's what I do. I teach right. people you know, how to set up their business, how to get into business. And I think that if you can have that business knowledge and then whatever it is that you want to get smart at as a skill, now you have two things that can help you, like, survive, eat, pay bills, live the lifestyle you want, that I think is a good alternative to uh, college. But you can't just get good at something and not know how to make any money off of it. And then, you know, right. be like, why can't, why doesn't anybody pay me? You know? <clears throat> right. Right. Now, Napoleon Hill, uh, he identifies 17 success principles. The number one principle. Now he, he and uh, W. Clement Stone used to argue about this. Hill thought, it should be, and it is, uh, uh, because he put the course together, definiteness of purpose. Napoleon uh, W. Clement Stone thought it was positive mental attitude. But if you have a positive attitude, but you don't have a definite purpose, you're just going to be very positive, but you're not necessarily going to achieve it, much. You, isn't that what people yeah, suffer go from? Ahead. Isn't that what people right. suffer from? When you're, when, you're, when you're excited or really hyped up, and someone says, ah, uh, you're just trying to get yourself worked up. It's because you got PMA and nothing to do with it or nothing to show for it. <laughs> or, or you're not using it for anything. You know, there's, no, there's, not, there's not any proof for you or any proof for the other person. You have to, I think, yeah, have a definiteness of purpose or a burning desire, right? You have to burning do what desire. it is you want to do or you're not going to move. You know, even, right. even habitual behaviors, at least you know what you want, you know. Even, even bad habits, somebody who can't stop smoking, the reason why it's so easy for them to slip into smoking when there's nothing for them to do instead of doing something purposeful is because they kind of know what they want to do to be successful, but they know they want the relief uh, of just not having to think about it. 
So they'll pick up that cigarette and go straight to the relief because at least they know what they want or they seek it or they're trying to get some kind of measure of relief. So that habit just takes over. But you don't know what you want to do in your life. You know, that's what you asked me about millennials. A lot of them are drifting or a lot of us, you know, need to hear from each other that we're doing successful things because at this point, our target, which was usually given to our parents, has been taken from us, right? Safe, secure job, 30 years, retire, manage your money. Right. It's gone. You can't do that at a tech right. startup. You can't do that or blog it online. You know? You, know? you can't go chase that, that paycheck like that and pay the degree off, have the house money. So the, so the, 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 the definiteness of purpose, the where we are going collectively or what we're going to achieve is very vague. And a lot of their minds, and like you said, a definite right. purpose to me is number one to have that. You're gonna know where you need to go. Right. And uh, one of the main reasons you need that is, as we spoke about earlier, you have about sixty thousand daily thoughts, and if you don't have a burning desire for a definite purpose, those thoughts are just gonna be scattered. But if you have a definite purpose and you focus a good percentage of those 60,000 thoughts on it every single day, I don't know the formula or how it works, but your subconscious mind is going to go out and find the people and the opportunities you need to fulfill that purpose instead of just letting whatever negative news networks occupy people's 60,000 thoughts. Because you have a purpose, a burning desire, and you're thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And that thinking about it puts the universe into action in some way, doesn't it? It does. Um, you know, if you, you listed off my companies in the beginning. Um, one of my companies, and we, we, it's, a, it's, a, it's a private group right now. You actually have to contact me. We have to see if you're you know, in the right place. It's for you know, young professionals. But the company is called Rise Right Now LLC. Regularly improve self every day. Right. So I think that, like you said, the burning desire, a lot of people <clears throat> want it, think they should have, it, but they don't know what it is. I think one of my greatest discoveries, especially from listening to Napoleon Hill and just the whole overall context of what he's trying to convey to us is that you need to be working on yourself. That, that's, that will solve your problems. You can become a greater person or daily. And I think that that was our inspiration for rise regularly approved self every day right now rise right now is the way that we mm. help people understand that inside of you is the solution there's the fun there's the purpose there's the idea you don't necessarily have to know exactly i want to be a dentist i want to be a doctor i want to be a lawyer i want to be a police officer you know i want to i want to go sing on this stage do this your definite purpose purpose in the beginning can just be a better you now i remember when i was in high school I was a drum major at my at my high school. We played in a Rose Bowl in California. Our band has played for presidents. And that was a really high peak for me. I really poured my heart into that. I loved every single day of it. And as I got older and I got into the Air Force, gained awards, Airman of the Year, Airman of the Quarter, you know, these kind of things were things I was able to accomplish inside of a structure, almost like getting a promotion inside of a company. But once I got out on my own, or once I really started to want to be more I couldn't figure out at first what was going to give me that same feeling like drum major. What was going to give me that same feeling like being in the Air Force? And I realized I could be the goal. I didn't have to chase Airman of the Year or drum major or, you know, these things. I could chase being a good father. I could be chased being mm. a better mark, you know. And these were things that couldn't get taken from me. I could lose my promotion. I could lose my, you know, car. I could lose my house. 
but the knowledge that I built inside of myself, the capacity I gave myself, the abilities and things that I learned and added to my knowledge base through audio books and, and, and reading, these were like permanent additions to myself, like superpowers, like extra muscle, you know? <laughs> they, they were yeah. slow come, but they slow go, you know? I No one could take them from me. And that capacity, that that that, that burning desire to be a better me was, was right. one that, you know, it can't, can't be taken away from you once you tap into it. Right. And it's not something that a lot of people focus uh, a lot on becoming a better, uh, better version of themselves. And so, as you said, even if you don't have a specific burning desire or purpose, start with yourself. Just become better at every area. Become a better husband. Become a better father. Become a better friend. And if you do all those things, you are you're going to achieve more of your skills, talents, and abilities than you would have otherwise. Well, I think Mark, we uh, we could uh, talk for a long time. You and I have so much in common. <laughs> but uh, let's end off with uh, some advice. What advice would you give someone out there who is really craving success but struggling about how to achieve it? Uh, the first thing I would say is just. <clears throat> think about something that you like to do because like Steve Jobs said, if you don't love something, you know, don't do it with all, with all your power because, you know, eventually you're not going to love it enough to make it successful. And there's, there's something that you want to do, something you're naturally drawn to something that you, you know, are inclined to, to like, to want to do, to give your time to whatever that is, it can be studied. It can be developed. It can be cultivated to something that can support you. And, and you can actually do what it is that you love to do. Um, right. Don't doubt yourself. You know, don't don't think just because you have never done something that that doesn't mean you're not supposed to do it. Always remember that you don't know what you don't know. That should push you forward. You know, I don't know what I don't know. So how can I doubt myself before I try? You know, All right. And any skill, practically any skill that you're good at can be monetized in some way. So, you know, be passionate about a specific skill or specific something and then monetize that something. And it could be simple things, even like we talked about earlier, knitting. If you're a good knitter, you love knitting, there's people out there paying for that. And so there's a way to earn money from what you love and are passionate about. Yeah, and if you don't mind, I just want to say this one thing. You know, you're, you're, the process is important as the product. You know, the struggle is where your capacity to be the champion lies you know if, if right now the football season just started if roger goodell just came down with all the teams and just said oh new orleans saints you're the champions you know, right. they wouldn't even be able to enjoy the trophy because it doesn't have any meaning without the season without the games without the yardage without the struggle without the comeback victories the trophy means nothing right so we might often want just the outcome we got to remember to go through and appreciate our season because that's what gives the, the trophy meaning Right, and as you talk about adversity too, and that's uh, that's one of Napoleon Hill's uh, success principles: overcoming adversity and defeat. And uh, that's a major part and a major motivation. Once you do overcome those obstacles, you know that a I can overcome other other obstacles, and uh, b uh, I actually found a seed of equivalent benefit, as Napoleon Hill says, in this obstacle or adversity that I faced. Yes, sir. And just one thing, you know, if you're a parent, uh, love your kids too much to be average. That's always my uh, most inspiration comes from being a father. 
Right. Hey, I got a tip for you, or I got a, yes, a, a something you should do. Uh, you should buy the board game Achievus, A-C-H-I-E-V-U-S. Originally, it was intended for kids uh, seven and up to teach them Napoleon Hill's success principles, but adults are enjoying it so much that they're buying it a lot as well. But Achievus, uh, A-C-H-I-E-V-U-S, it's most most unique Napoleon Hill product I've ever seen, and my friend uh, Jeremy Razor happened to invent it. Uh, it's, it's an amazing game, and when you're playing a board game, you're laughing, you're spending time with your kids and they're learning a bit about you and at the same time you're learning the napoleon hills success principles it's pretty hard to teach a young kid think and grow rich like it's way over his head but if you can play a board <laughs> game where he learns the success principles and has fun with his dad boy then it's gonna be sinking in and you'll enjoy it as well and so achievus a-c-h-i-e-v-u-s great board game Tom. for kids Tom, and for adults so much Thank you so I'm much. Gonna thank you send for having you the me link on. to that. Oh, it's uh, I'm thank excited. You like you and I could talk. A, you and I could talk <laughs> a lot because uh, you uh, are going through some of the same things I went through when I was young, and so I've been smiling so wide as you've been talking because it's like, oh yeah, I experienced that too. Oh yeah, I had that happen too. <laughs> so so keep up the keep up the great work. The the being as you, what you said about being a parent was powerful, and that sounds like that's as big a focus of your life as making money and i really sure. really really admire that but keep it up with the uh mentoring and tutoring others on uh, uh financial principles uh, because that will leave a legacy you may help that one person but by helping them you've helped their child you've helped their wife you've helped their future generations their grandchildren and so what you're teaching people is going to change lives and create legacies for families and companies and people. So that is enormously important. Now Thanks, we got Tom. all the way this far. And do you have a website? Should I have given out yeah. the website earlier? It's all right. What Trust is it? They'll be able to find me. You can easily. More, more importantly, I think you should find me on social media. Uh, go on Facebook. It's Mark Sweeney Jackson is my fan page. That's where I connect with everybody because I don't know your individual needs. You know, and as we connect, as we share in community and uh, share each other's posts, become more friendly, we'll be able to see what it is that you would love to know or you would like to know. And that's how it's easy for us to help you and guide you to be successful because everyone's different, you know? Right. Right. And that's kind of the benefit of social media. I'm like, wow, that that friend of mine knows this. <laughs> I do this. I'm going to ask them. Oh, that friend of mine's really good at this. So let me approach them. And so that's the idea of social media. You see what people are interested in and what challenges they have. And you probably have someone in your network that can help you with it. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Oh, you. uh, oh man, thank you for having me. Go ahead. It's a blessing. No, I was just saying thanks. I'm, I'm looking just grateful. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about the work you're doing. Keep up the great work, and uh, I'm looking forward to reading your chapter. I'll be proofreading it, so I'll be reading it soon. Wonderful. Thank you for everything. Have an amazing day. I appreciate it, Mark. Take care. All right, you too, Tom. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email tom at tomtootall.com for details.